I, I feel very strongly to share this message with you tonight. It's a study on prayer. So let's get to it. Amen. I start with this declaration. All prayer is answered. All prayer is answered. It may not be the answer you want, but I'm telling you, all prayer is answered. God never ignores a prayer. Jesus never overlooks a prayer. All prayer, from the youngest child to the oldest person, from the most intelligent to those who have no intelligence whatsoever, any cry unto Jesus is always answered by Jesus. I want you to listen to what Andrew Murray said. Everyone that asks, receives. Receives. Everyone that asks, receives. Now, many of us don't believe this. And many of us have gone through trials where God didn't answer my prayers. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And we have to figure out how we missed it. We have to understand what the answer was. He answers. Because you need to understand something. Heaven and earth would collapse if Jesus missed answering one prayer. Why? Because the ministry of Jesus right now is as a faithful high priest. He doesn't rule as king right now. He rules as high priest. He will return as king of kings and lord of lords. But right now his ministry is to serve his body into the earth to bring whosoever will unto salvation. And he's ministering as high priest. Hebrews 4, verses 15 and 16. It's on your outline. Let me read it to you. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Amen. Could you imagine if our high priest, when we were at our weakest, when we were at our frailest, when we are at our greatest need, we go to God to find grace and mercy at a time of need and he overlooks it. He just doesn't know what to do with that. He can't figure out how to save you for nothing. He can't figure out how to fix this thing. It's beyond him. Maybe there's math involved. Maybe there's too much money. He can't afford the doctor bills that you got to pay. Maybe our high priest is just better off leaving that thing alone. You made the bed. You rest in it. And God never leaves a man in a bed. He says, pick up that mat and walk. He goes on in Hebrews 7.25 and says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Amen. He ever lives to make intercession. That means 24-7, every second of the day, he is living to intercede for his body, for his people, for every need, no matter how good, how bad, how weak or strong, whatever your need is, he is interceding for you. Could you imagine if you prayed to God and it was little crickets chirping in heaven? Could you imagine praying to God and they're too busy 
up there doing what they do. Jesus has more things to worry about than your problems. How many of you think like that sometimes? Right? That would mean heaven and earth would collapse in on itself because the God of the universe would have missed interceding on behalf of someone. And that would violate our high priest's purpose and existence. Do you understand this? God cannot overlook a prayer. God answers every prayer. Now again, it may be yes, it may be no, it may be wait, it may be in time, it's coming. But God answers. And we have to be prepared to listen for the answers. Amen? I don't know how many people who accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, who are now backslidden because they're so upset with Jesus because he didn't heal their loved one, because they had prayed for something to come to pass and it didn't come to pass the way they wanted. Therefore, their conclusion is there is no God. How short-sighted we can be to think that this universe revolves around us and to think that the best solution was our solution we came up with a better plan than God I'm telling you God answers every prayer Jesus gave a teaching in Matthew 7 verses 7 through 8 and he said this ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. But not really all the time. That's just kind of an exaggerated statement. He really didn't mean that. I mean, who could do that? You'd have to be God to do something like that. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks receives. Now that, that, that doesn't mean we receive what we asked for, but we will receive an answer. And how many of you know God's answers most of the time are better than our requests? I'm going to say that one more time. God's answers are often better than our requests because he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or could even imagine. God is working at levels you cannot see. But for you, it seems like he failed. For us, it seems like he missed it. I know God's always on time, but he missed this one. No, we need to keep asking is the key. Don't stop praying. Let's take a look at this. What does it mean to ask? Ask, and it shall be given to you. The word in the Greek for ask means to beg, to crave, to desire. It's not a take it or leave it attitude. It's the time when you know you need something and you got to have it come through and you can't do it. God, I need you. I'm asking you to do something for me. And so 
We ask for it. James says, but let him ask in faith, without doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea that is driven and tossed to and fro by the wind. For the person must not... uh, I can't see it. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in his, all, all his ways. So we have to believe. If we're asking, we have to believe. Why else would we be asking him? Well, sometimes we ask because he's the magic genie. We'll give that a shot. We'll, we'll try all our efforts. We'll try Cousin Vinny with some cash. We'll ask uh, somebody else. Maybe the government can help out. Maybe somebody. Then we'll also ask God. It doesn't hurt. Maybe he'll come through. But what kind of asking is that? We've got to ask. And how many of you know faith is required when we ask? He says to seek. Now, this isn't just... uh, To ask, to seek, and to knock, that's not just a simile meaning the same three things. What you'll see is those three things have increasing dimension to them. To ask is to ask God for something for your desire, for yourself. Nothing wrong with that. You know what you need. He, in fact, says, I know what you need before you know what you need. Still ask it. Get engaged with him. And then the next level is to seek. That's getting up off your seat and seeking God. Seek the Lord to search, looking for the counsel of God, his will, his desire. James says this, if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. If you lack wisdom, seek God. You see, you've asked him for what you need, but how many of you know most of the time we need an understanding of what we're asking for? We need another dimension to it, so seek him. And I love, this is my favorite part of that verse. He gives generously to all. You bet you have to be 18 to ask. No. There's no no restriction on this, is there? He answers the prayers of men, but ladies, you're on your own. Could you imagine that? He gives generously to whom? To all. To all who ask him for wisdom. And without reproach, or another translation says, without finding any fault. People say, oh, you shouldn't be asking God. You're doubting. You lack faith. No, I'm not. I'm going to the one who has the answers. That's all the faith. I'm just confessing I'm ignorant. He's not. I have faith to go to God and ask. He doesn't find any fault in you asking. I don't know how many Bible stories I read where God tells them to do something and they ask him a question. Are you sure I'm supposed to do this? Are you sure you meant Tarsus? You you want me to, Jonah, you want me to go to that place, Nineveh? Are you sure about that? Ask him and it will be given him. So to seek the Lord is another level of of pressing in. We ask God for our needs. We ask him for our daily bread. We ask him for all of our supplies, but then we also need to seek his mind, seek his wisdom, seek his will. That is going to shape your prayers. Proverbs says this, 
It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings is to search things out. The secret things belong to God, but those things that are revealed belong to us, Deuteronomy 29, 29. And so if God reveals something to you, you own it now. It belongs to you. Kings and priests of the new covenant, seek out the will of God. Find out what his will is. It may be concealed because God is storing it for a particular time. How many of you have had something happen in your life you don't understand? It seems to have been sealed in the cloak of God's darkness sometimes. He, he has a covering over something, only to find out in a few years or years later the real meaning of it. And as it's unveiled to you, you are blown away by what God did. That's happened to me on a number of occasions. And so we can't stop seeking, even when we think the prayer didn't get answered. Seek because there's a deeper level to it. Knock. You see, knocking is a request to enter in, to gain access into a place. This reminds me of what Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Well, what do you do at doors? You knock. So if Jesus is knocking at the door, what does he say? If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I'll come into him and eat with him and he with me. So if we're supposed to knock, he says it will be open. That means we're not just asking for something for us. We're not just seeking wisdom from him. We want to now enter into the realm of God in this situation. That produces a faith that's unmovable, unshakable. Because now, if, if he, he, when he says he knocks and opens and he comes and dines with us, that means we can knock and he'll open and we can come sit with him in heavenly places. That's a perspective in prayer that we got to get to. Some of us quit after the asking, but you got to seek him. Some of us quit after the seeking, but you got to knock and knock for him that he may let you in. Let me give you a few examples of asking. Jesus asked in a prayer. He said, Father, if there be any other way. That was a request, wasn't there? He asked. Did he get an answer? Yeah. There is no other way. Wasn't the affirmative he needed. (laughs) Lord, if there be any other way, but not what? My will, but thy will be done. So he asked God, and he got an answer in his spirit. He knew the plan of God, but he thought he would just express it in asking. Sometimes you ask God in prayer, and how many of you come out of that prayer with a new understanding? Because he brings an answer to you. Paul He sought the Lord. He said, on three occasions, I asked, God, you have got to remove this thorn in the flesh. You have got to get rid of it. I'm seeking you. Did God answer him? Yeah. He said, deal with it. My grace is sufficient for you. Is that the answer Paul was looking for? No, but later on, as Paul's describing this whole event, he says, God did this to me. So that I would be humbled. Right? 
How many of you have been through prayer only to find out what you were asking deliverance from was the thing God put you through to refine you into a greater measure of faith? Man, been through that, Mel. Right? And then how about Moses? Moses knocked. He wanted a door open. Moses wanted a door open into the promised land. Look, I know I messed up, okay? I hit the rock. I was supposed to talk to it. I brought these people this far for 40 years in this stinking desert. Come on, let me in. It says that he begged God. Let me in. No. You can't go in. Was there an answer for Moses? Yeah. Did Moses say, fine, I'm not going to believe in you anymore? No. One commentator put it this way. He said, there was absolutely no way God could allow Moses into the promised land because the giver of the law, the law cannot bring you into the promises of God. The law had to die short of the promise. And who represents the Holy Spirit? Joshua brings us into the promised land. The law can't deliver you. Moses, I'm sorry. You should have spoke to the rock. You didn't. You violated that prophetic thing, but I can't let you violate this prophetic word. You see, we're walking in a prophetic timetable of God. Many of us don't even recognize that. We think it's all about us. But you're walking in a prophetic purpose in your life You were predestined to do the works that God had already planned for you to do. You're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he created for you to do. You're walking prophetically in him. So there may be times he says you can't enter here. I want to enter here. You can't. Because the dimensions of the spirit realm are counting on you to be here at this moment. I can't give you that right now. It will lead you astray. They're all answers. But they're not what we're expecting. And therefore, we begin to doubt. Ask, it'll be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. Now, let's look at what these elements are necessary. When we ask, we've got to have faith. I already went over this verse. Let him who asks, ask in faith without doubting. See, but what does that mean? Without doubting what in particular? That I'm going to get what I want? Or without doubting the master? Without doubting our Lord? There's a big difference, isn't there? You know, the name it and claim it says, if you just repeat it and say it over and over and believe and believe that you have it, that Cadillac is yours, baby. But just confess it, confess it, confess it, it's yours. Because you have to believe without doubting it's yours. I don't think it's the thing you're asking for that you're doubting. What you need to put faith in is him. God may prefer that I don't have a Cadillac, but I use that money for the work of his kingdom. Do you understand what I'm saying? The thing that people are doubting 
is God. Because if they're not, uh, oh, I can't waver on what I'm asking for. Gotta have it, gotta have it. And if it doesn't show up because of God's counsel saying it shouldn't show up, then they quit on God because they did all the formulas that they were supposed to. They didn't doubt, they didn't doubt, they didn't doubt. And now they doubt God. But you ask for whatever you're asking for and don't doubt that the wisdom of God will give you an answer necessary for your well-being. That's what we should not doubt. Can I get an amen on that? Somebody help me out here. Right? Here's to you. We got to seek. John 14, 13, whatsoever you ask in my name, this will I do. What? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's a pretty heavy statement. Whatsoever you ask in my name, this will I do. What does it mean to ask in the name? It means to be in accordance with that name. It means to represent the full will of that name. We use it like a magic incantation. You know, at the end of every prayer, if you just say in Jesus' name, baby, it's in. You're good. It's all yours. Just say the magic words. No, in Jesus' name. That fixes it all. Everything comes to being. Just say the magic words, everybody, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's not about the words. It's about the will. If what you're praying, does it align with the character of him? Does it align with the will of our high priest? And here's the ultimate test of what you're asking for. Will it bring glory to the Father? God, get me out of this trouble that I got myself in. I'm sure it'll bring you glory because you don't want me to give you a bad name. Already did. No, what it means to pray in the name of Jesus is to pray in the name of his character and purpose and will, which will bring glory to the Father. And Jesus says, I'll do that. I will do that. I will do that. But Jesus, we're praying for this person's healing in your name because we know you want them healed. We know you're a healer. That's true. Keep praying for that. I'm going to believe in this healing. Believe in the, in the God who heals. And he will determine what is taking place there. Because how many of you have prayed earnestly and fervently for people and they went to heaven even though you prayed? Oh, what a defeat. What a loss. That's ah, not how he sees it. <laughs> he delights in the death of his saints. That's really contrary to the way we feel about death, isn't it? Yet it's a victory in God. And so don't lose faith in him. His will may be at that time, that person needs to pass and needs to move because he needs to move in a different way. Other times he heals immediately. Other times he heals through days or weeks and he brings the healing. God is the God. Don't doubt him. But seek at that point. What are you doing, God? Philippians 4 verse 2 says, pray and seek the Lord. 
Pray and be watchful therein, is the very specifics of the verse. Pray and be watchful therein. Watchful in what? In your praying. Be watchful in your praying. You prayed one way one day, keep watching, keep listening. Pray, add on to that the, the dimension that God's bringing as you're seeking him to ask and to understand and to discern. Does this make sense? Last of all, knock. Knock. There are two teachings Jesus gave on prayer. They seem contrary to the faith movement. Luke 11, 5 through 8. He's talking about a guy who has a friend coming over. It's late at night. He doesn't have any bread in the house. He goes to his neighbor house and he's knocking on the door. Joe! Joe! My cousin Alfred showed up. Joe! He's going... My kids are in bed. Leave us alone. I need a loaf of bread. I don't have any bread. Get out of here. No, really. This is my best bud. Come on. Leave us alone. Sick the dog on that guy. He won't stop. He won't stop. He won't stop. Why? He needs the bread. He needs the bread. And that guy's got it. And another one, Jesus. Now, these are teachings on prayer from Jesus. I'm not inventing these. Another one is the persistent widow. She was desperate, and she needed justice. And she went to the judge, and the judge ignored her. Lady, get out of my court. I got more important things to do than deal with you. And she'd show up. It was on his lunch hour, and she'd be there looking in the window of the deli. Oh, this lady. He'd get five emails a day from her, texting all the time. She's looking. She's going after him, knocking, knocking, knocking. What is the point? Jesus tells us the point in prayer that if you being evil know how to give, give good gifts, how much more shall your Father in heaven give? He calls it shameless persistence. It's a fancy word, importunity. Importunity. It's not stopping. Ask. Come on, seek. Look for it. Trust him. Trust in him. Don't waver in him. God answers all prayer. God answers all prayer. God answers all prayer. God answers all prayer. So ask him. Seek his wisdom and knowledge and keep knocking. Keep knocking. There was a situation in my life where I've never prayed as fervently as at this time. And I've never fasted as much as I fasted and prayed and sought God and invested my entire soul into this thing. And it didn't turn out the way I believed it should have turned out. And you know what I came to the conclusion of? I'm not done praying. I'm not done praying on that. It didn't, it didn't go the way I thought. But God answers prayer. Therefore, there's a mystery left in that that I'm not done asking God about. Instead of giving up on him, keep praying. Amen? 
You might not have got what you wanted. Your whole life may have altered. You gonna quit praying on it? Oh, it's, the time's gone, pastor. They died and went to heaven. So find out what God was doing through all that. You think that that answer of prayer is done at that point? No, God's got something higher beyond what you could ask or imagine. God may not have answered the prayer you wanted, but there's an answer out there, and he always answers your prayer. I don't want to walk past it. I don't want to miss it. There's an answer to my prayer. I need to ask, seek, and knock to find it. I'll do that till my last breath. What are you doing with my life in this situation? So don't quit on him, because he will never quit on you. And he will answer every prayer. If he doesn't, he's not the high priest. If he's not the high priest, he didn't die on the cross. He didn't die on the cross. We're all going to hell. He answers all prayers. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.